0: To an emergency episode one eighteen A of no challenges remaining. I'm Ben Rothenberg, joined by Courtney Nguyen, for our first emergency per- podcast in a while. Hi, Courtney. How are you?
1: Hello, Ben. And how are you? I've had it's been interesting. Uh, it's been a, it's been an interesting twelve hours. Yes, Ben.
0: Let's uh, let's go back through it. So first of all, obviously the biggest news of the day was I don't know Donald Young beating Burditch? How did that happen?
1: Massive. I mean, we had Kvitova and uh, Azarenka, first match since 2011. That felt large. Yeah. You know, Agnieszka Radwanska's amazing dress.
0: Right? As she said, straight from court to disco. I feel like that needs to be like a clothing line. I love it. Someone. I love it. I feel like is a good pick for it. But also, I feel also feel like Eleni Yankovic would be so jealous of this whole she
1: thing. She would be. Exactly. I feel like Aga's really raised her game. It's up for the rest of the WTA to really, like, step it up and... You know, so long as there are more people watching tennis and it's an interesting thing. I mean, I think it's a good thing.
0: Yeah. Speaking of people getting <laughs> interested in tennis, let's get to the actual reason. Let's stop beating around this topic. Um, the match between Nick Kyrgios and Stan Wawrinka last night in Montreal was ticking along relatively normally. There was a pretty tough first set. And then kind of seemingly out of nowhere, I mean... You can say it was tense before, and there's obviously backstory we can go into about what happened in London. But Kyrios suddenly turns to his, hits an ace and turns his back to uh, the court and says, uh, mutters pretty loudly under his breath, a phrase which was vined and watched on vine 12 million times by Ricky Diamond. It's a good catch for him to get that up so quickly. He says, towards Stan, if not even facing him, he says, Kokonakis. Banged your girlfriend. Sorry to tell you that, mate.
1: You that.
0: Which I don't think people expected to hear.
1: Probably not. I mean, it was to give context. Yeah, the first set was incredibly intense, and Curios uh, was quite un- hot under the collar, being what he was. I think justifiably, he was he was mad about being robbed on a couple of line calls that were just terrible line. Yeah, calls.
0: he asked for a line judge to be removed.
1: Yeah, and I, you know, and I. I would not have used the phrasing that Nick Kyrgios used in requesting and complaining about that line judge and, and some of the, 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 the missed calls that he made, but uh, I think that it was thoroughly justified that he felt like he was he was robbed in that first set, he lost in the tiebreaker, um, and uh, a couple of very key shots. You know, it's that thing where you know you hit a shot that's so good that you actually are penalized by it because the lines judge makes a wrong call. Um, it was one of those things. So it happened a couple times more than once for Nick and in very crucial moments. So I understand why he was pissed, but that did mean that he was going into the second set, you know, uh, with his head a bit scattered and definitely angry. And it, it, manifested itself in dropping what was one of the, I mean, I think it's fair to say probably the most viral moment in tennis this year. Oh yeah. Um, no doubt. I mean, it's on Deadspin, it's on, uh, BuzzFeed. Um, BuzzFeed, all of that that's sort of so stuff. mainstream I know, it, it made BuzzFeed, you guys I mean, that's massive um, It was everywhere, so... there was apparently
0: a report on Russian state television about yeah. Did you see this? I saw
1: this tweet, yeah
0: <laughs> Apparently Russian state television, we'll get into the reactions to it later But said that Stan Vavrinka had to retire Stan Vavrinka ultimately retired from this match d- Stan Vavrinka did not hear this remark It should be noted Didn't appear to hear this remark during the match It was on the far side of the court There's no reason why he would have um, But the microphones obviously did Stan then retired in the third set down 0-4 with uh back problems, back pain.
1: Yeah, which were pretty evident yeah. uh, as that match went on that that he couldn't uh he couldn't do much in that final set. It was it was looking I I can't I mean it he retired down 4-love, 3-love, something four like love, that. 4-love. Yeah. Or love, yeah, so it was going away from him very quickly. He was struggling with his movement, and uh, Curios was playing fantastic in the third set after taking the second. So, um, you know, so that's the result. That was what happened on court, and the two had a pretty,
0: they two had a fairly amicable, yeah, handshake and greeting at the net. They did, and
1: then, yeah, but as it was all happening. Twitter was kind of blowing up and I was watching the match uh, up here in Toronto um, on Canadian, I guess, Sportsnet, Mm -hmm. I guess, is the Canadian channel that's covering it. And um, it was interesting to kind of hear how it was being covered differently. I didn't watch the tennis channel coverage. I don't know how they were covering it, but at least up here, it was like, you know, as that set was going on, that third set, they finally were like, if you're on social media, you're probably aware of you know, certain comments that Nick Kyrios made. We're not going to, like, repeat them on here. If you want to, you can go on social media and find out exactly what he said. But obviously this is a, you know, there are going to be issues with this and Um, da-da-da-da-da. And then, which I thought was good. I mean, they addressed it. I think that there were a lot of, I think, Richard Deitch of SI.com, who's kind of like a media watchdog um, in the States, kind of sent out a a call for comments on Twitter last night, kind of being like, you know, do you think this that Tennis Channel should address this? Um, because my understanding is that they kind of didn't no, they, for a good yeah, amount of time. they really
0: didn't. I wasn't listening intently to everything, but I could tell you in the post-game show, which I did watch, which had Brett Haber and Justin Gimelstaub and Lindsay Davenport, they really were trying to talk around it. They eventually were like, well, we need to sort of acknowledge what happened here. But they didn't get into anything where any viewer who didn't go on social media would have really any idea what was said
1: that's interesting they, they, were, yeah. they were just
0: saying something like nick curious made a comment about relationships or something it, it was just, it, it wouldn't have it didn't i don't think that i think they could have done a better job at capturing the the, <laughs> the thrust of it more
1: yeah i mean it's tough you know because i think chris fowler of ESPN kind of got in contact with Richard Deitch on Twitter and said, you know, if it was ESPN, he was like, you know, of course you acknowledge it. You have to talk about it because it's now the story and it's been said and everybody's talking about it. And if you don't discuss it, then it's, it's a bit disingenuous. And um, up up here, yeah, I I agree. I would agree with that. And up here in Canada, after the match, they do on court interviews and um, Arash uh, Mandavi, is that his name?
0: Arash Madani.
1: Madani, okay, I'm yeah. confusing him and the guy who's on uh, uh, Daily Show all the time. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, he uh, credit to him. He asked uh, Nick directly about the comments and was able to get, you know, the first kind of quote from Nick Kyrgios. And he
0: alluded to it really well, which is what he said. He said, yeah. you said something about Kokanakis, which is the most, like, benign way you could ever exactly pinpoint yeah. what he said, which I thought was really smart, the way he included yeah. it on
1: that. Yeah, exactly. So, and he, and Curios uh, kind of said, you know, it was – of the moment, he was getting lippy, and I just said it. So, but at least at that moment, Nick Curios I mean, if you watch, go back and watch that video from Sportsnet, it, there is kind of like this look on Curios's face. of he's trying to hold it together, but I think when I was watching initially, it was, he's kind of like, uh-oh. Yeah, like there was, everybody as heard. the question
0: came, there was sort of a, a very brief look of like, oh dear. This, this, yeah. this, I, not that Nick curios ever thinks oh dear to himself, but you know. <laughs> Um, yeah, that he he knew this was gonna be be something. Yeah. So a little backstory just to give context. This is not the first time that Kyrios and Ravinka have been somewhat adversarial towards each other, I guess, for lack of a better term. Um, Kyrios and Ravinka played in the first round of Queens Club, or the, yeah, first round, um, or Ravinka's first match anyway, and Kyrgios didn't really show up for it at all and lost in less than an hour. And Vavrinka was pretty harsh on him afterwards. And you were noticing that and you commented on that even before the fireworks started. You said this match yeah. had a bit of an edge to it from that.
1: Yeah. I mean, after Kyrios uh kind of yeah, went away and put in kind of a, a, a not a great effort against Vavrinka in Queens, uh Stan Vavrinka kind of said, you know, you know, because afterwards Kyrios was like, Oh, I'm not feeling well and I just wasn't really focused during the match and my head was somewhere else. And Wawrinka, basically, when he was asked about Nick Kyrgios' comments, kind of effectively rolled his eyes um, and kind of said, you know, he says a lot of things and, um, you know, you never know what what he's thinking and what's going on and and stuff like that, which is kind of the first time that a top player has really come down anything close to harsh against Nick Kyrgios because on the whole, people have been pretty like – I mean, Andy Murray's always been very supportive of him, and I don't know. I mean, it was the first time somebody said something. There's
0: this general sort of context of well, he's learning, but good for the game seems to be the consensus on him, and that's totally a fair consensus. We've talked obviously we talked about Nick Kyrgios a bunch on the podcast before. Um, He's a very polarizing figure. He's very different from the sort of attitude we've seen on we see in tennis traditionally over the last several decades, Um, and he is different. It is Mostly, I think being different is a good thing. Uh, this time, I mean, He's crossed a line. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I mean, let's yeah, go to the remark I itself. To... I mean, I yeah. think that basically this was com- beyond the pale, or whatever you want to call it. It was completely uncalled for and pretty unprovoked, and it was a you know this was this was a weirdly low blow from Nick Kyrgios to bring all this stuff that just had nothing to do with the match or tennis into the conversation so uh, loudly and. I don't know, it just seemed completely out of place. And I understand that trash talk happens in sports. That's obviously one of the things people say. Oh, this happens in cricket all the time. Apparently cricket was the first thing people brought up for some reason. <laughs> I didn't realize that cricket, the sludging is this term that Aussies use, is like this bastion of trash talk, but apparently it is. I guess there's nothing else to do in cricket. Obviously, NHL players and NBA players say, you know, obscene things to each other all the time. But the way I think that this is caught on audio. You know, if he had said this to – and was in a public forum on the showcase of the sport, which is the main court at a Masters event, I mean, if he he had said this to Stan and in the hallway, like, privately, I don't think it would be that big a deal.
1: I right, no. It could start a yeah.
0: fight, but you have, you're have you on – you're just held to a higher standard when you're on international TV in a night session match in front of thousands and thousands, if not millions of viewers.
1: No, I mean, the bottom line is that if you're – you know, if you, whatever goes on behind the scenes goes on behind the scenes. What happens in the locker room happens in the locker room. Like players can rib each other, players can, you know, get into each other's faces. They can do all sorts of different things um, privately <laughs> behind the locker room, uh, behind the doors. And we've seen this with Wawrinka before, with respect to, you know, what happened at the World Tour Finals last year, and and uh, what happened between him and, and Roger Federer. Um, afterwards but you know you can go back there and you can hash it out and you can yeah. yell and scream and do whatever the hell you want to do but yeah on a public co- on a in a public setting in that situation and the, the weird thing about this is that it's it's like one thing if like Nick Kurios was like some newbie top 80 player who's never been on a show court before doesn't realize the mics are on doesn't right. you know and has like spent his entire career like out on the challengers where you can mutter whatever and no one hears anything and, yeah. you know, and things it's like, dude, this is kind of your thing is getting like caught because you say stuff because the court is mic'd up.
0: You're well aware of microphones. Like
1: You're well way. aware of how this all works. And so I'm like, I'm pretty shocked. I have to say that he would like let loose something like that, you know? Um, So that's first and foremost on, on the, not first and foremost, but the first thing, but secondly, I mean, Trash talk is trash talk. I love a little bit of trash talk. It's great. Oh, yeah. But like trash talk is generally, I mean, I guess there are no rules to trash talk. I don't know. Maybe professional athletes would disagree with me. I don't know. Maybe there are. Maybe there aren't. But like typical trash talk, at least in tennis, is like mano y mano. It's like me and you. It's like Andy Murray being like, nobody likes you in the locker room. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> um, like one of the reasons why that incident between Murray and Del Potro back in Rome years ago is so still like so memorable is because Del Potro dragged in Judy Murray. Like he made it about a third party, right? Like you're just like your mom. You're always like your mom.
0: Yeah.
1: And, um, and that is like kind of beyond the pale a little bit, you know, like, and in this situation, obviously even more so, where you're drawing in, again, not just third parties, but fourth parties in, in both, uh, you know, Girlfriend and Kokonakis. So it, it was a weird, I don't know. I'm just kind of like, dude, what were you thinking? No. And I know that like, people were like tweeting me back being like he wasn't thinking that's the point. But like. Still, what were you thinking?
0: I don't I don't believe that he just I think everything people do, especially saying something, you know, there is some place of truth or thought that that comes from it. Even if you're not something that was a you know, well considered moment for Nick Kyrgios, you know, it's something that he chose to put out there in the universe and to say out loud. He's responsible for what he said. There's oh, no for sure there's no there's no, you know, insanity plea or whatever. Or no. heat or, or heat of the moment heat of the, heat of the moment,
1: moment. Heat of the moment does not cover this. Heat of the moment covers of rambling, expletive-laden rant. Yeah. Like you know what I mean. That is far more heat of the moment to me than a well-considered, extremely low barb.
0: No, and it's something that clearly this felt premeditated. The, the sort of delivery of it. Not that I mean. It's still like like we said before. These two have had beef, um, and so curious. I'm guessing because of the things. Curious is a pretty sensitive guy, in his own way. Yeah. Yes. Uh, because of the the way they had beef before. I'm guessing that Kyrus had already thought of this as sort of a knock that he could, you know, in his arsenal of reasons why he could, you know, get back at Stan one day. This was something I'm sure he thought of. He used this sort of as a, as a weapon, this, this little factoid of his, which is, is problematic for its own reasons, obviously. Um, but yeah, no, I, I just don't think that this has much of any place in, in tennis particular. That's the thing, like the, the whole context of saying it not mumbled, and clearly enough for a microphone to pick up is so different than if he had just sort of said it to him, even like on a if they were both like at net after an exchange and he said it like, you know, just so Stan could hear it. And
1: this was well, the, that's the this thing though. Sad. I mean, isn't that part of it as well as that it just seems like a cheap shot because you didn't say it to his face. Yeah, exactly. And- say it to his face and then see what happens, you know. And this goes into I think a little bit. I mean, I, we can transition into discussing about repercussions and and what the ATP should do and things like that. I mean. As people who've listened to the podcast know, like I probably could be categorized as a Nick Kyrgios apologist, a Nick Kyrgios defender. I like the kid. I like watching him play tennis. I think that for the most part, all of the antics before last night were reasons to tune into a Nick Kyrgios match, which is also reason to tune into a tennis match, which I think are all good things. Like, you know, the more eyes on, the better. Yes, he's different. Yes, he weirdly wears two sleeves i don't understand that just wear a yeah, shirt dude the sleeves, um i just don't like it all it's weird uh, the hair i'm worried that the, like his hair is dying <laughs> like it looks like like not gang green but like the this everything about it i'm like i'm worried that like your scalp is oozing some sort of like pus that's like making your hair <laughs> bleach it's it's con- it's concerning to me um but all of these are things yeah he's different and things like that so it's always a little bit coded when you talk about Nick Kyrios because sometimes people complain and it's really just complaining from this kind of old fuddy-duddy, I want tennis to be the way that it's always been, a, a sport of gentlemen and uh, class and look at Roger and et cetera, et cetera, right. which I don't really and, buy into. And people
0: equate Nick Curious with, like, hip-hop culture. and people Yeah, exactly. Those kind of things. But I, which, I think that's yeah. i think that's oversimplifying things, or maybe a little generous in some ways, or, or rude to hip-hop, whatever you want to call it.
1: No, I, I, mean, oh, I totally yeah, agree. Yeah,
0: I think that he is, is much... More, he's just
1: Nick Curious. Yeah,
0: he's just he's just kind of he's a I mean, whatever name calling you want to use, he's I think it's kind of fair for him. He's a he's bratty, he's he's, you know, impulsive and not always very prudent about things. He uses yeah. nice terms and he does dumb things and says dumb things and doesn't seem to take a lot of responsibility for himself. Um, which is why I think that this is a good moment to go to the sort of repercussion side. I think this is a really good moment for ATP to sort of set him straight. I think this is a moment where they can step up. And do something they don't usually do. I think, like, for the rule book seems to have a clause from what I was I read through. It and it's it's really convoluted a lot. But it does seem to have a general sort of bringing the Torrent to disrepute clause. Yes. That gives them pretty big leeway for what they can do for punishment. Um, and this would certainly seem to do that, get yep. that bill. And I think that what I would do is I would suspend him from Cincinnati.
1: Yeah.
0: As a minor, I would just suspend him, give him a one-week suspension, knock him out of the next Masters event. And whatever fine you want to put with that fine. I think the, I think the checkbook implications will be less felt less than missing a Masters tournament for him.
1: Fair enough. I mean, I, I, I kind of see it from a different perspective. Um, yes, I, I totally agree that this is it's important for the ATP to crack down. I mean, the bottom line is that everybody's going to act the way that they're going to act unless, like, whatever society or community or whatever group that they're in kind of cracks down on them, right, and says, no, you can't do that. That's not appropriate behavior. Obviously the ATP is one arm of that, but the other arm of it is the locker room. Yeah. And if Nick Kyrgios is allowed to be the way that he is and cuss and be this guy who, you know, makes these sorts of cracks to me, it's up to the, it's up to the players to take care of it. And I'm not saying like order a code red or anything, but like, you know, the, like he has to feel the personal repercussions because the other stuff is like, okay, he gets fine. He writes a check, whatever. He gets uh, suspended from Cincinnati. Cool. I have a week off. I don't have to go to Mason. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like I, like that to me is not enough um, in terms of curbing his behavior. Well, and and, and I, I don't know. To me, it's more like what we found out later. I mean, Stephanie Miles uh, was in uh, Montreal. And so she has video up of Stan Wawrinka's post-match comments. Which she subtitled and, really well. Which she subtitled really well. And according to the subtitles, what Wawrinka says – I confronted him in the locker room. Yeah. He tried to avoid me, and then did you but see, I confronted him.
0: And then did you see what Christos tweeted about I did, this? Yeah. I did see Christos what Christos Kyrios, Christos Nick's brother and number one defender. The whole the, That's the one thing you can say about the Kyrgios clan is they rally around.
1: They Nick, roll hard, yeah. And they roll, they roll
0: hard. It is a very O'Doyle rules situation <laughs> sometimes. But Kyrgios, Nick Christos Kyrios said, like, confronted maybe more like assaulted. You know, maybe there should be repercussions for that. So we don't know what happened if they got physical in the locker room, whatever. I mean, if, if if Stan, you know, confronted him and shoved him up against a locker or anything, I think that's well within Stan's right and shouldn't be <laughs> yeah. punished at all. I mean, we, we heard about this happening with uh, Andy Roddick and,
1: exactly. and Novak
0: Djokovic at the U.S. Open. We heard about it years later, but it happened at the 2007 U.S. Open? Yeah, I think
1: 2008? it was seven, yeah. I think maybe
0: oh 08, actually. But um, it was, whatever it was, these things happen. And if that's locker room justice the way you want it, fine. But I also think that because of the type of comment that was made, the people that were thrown into this, um, including Donna Vekic, rumored girlfriend Donna Vekic, Kalkanakis to a lesser extent, and, you know, even Stan, I think that the ATP does have some obligation to give a formal penalty as well. I think I think Kyrgios should feel it on both sides. And I'm curious what the reaction will be to him. He was already polarizing, but this will at least, because he's, he's polarizing, people talk about him this way, but I don't think he's really had a moment entirely where he except for maybe the drake feud where he like broke out of tennis i still i think he's not like a crossover star definitely not in the u.s yet i'm wondering if this will change it and how his reaction will be in cincinnati if it's there at the u.s open things like that and what the if he does get a fully christened as a true tennis villain
1: because, yeah i mean yeah. it's hard because i even that is like too far for me to say. Like, oh, he's a true tennis villain. I mean, it's not. I like... don't think he is. There are unclean hands all over the place in this in this situation. Like, it's not white hat black hat between Stan Wawrinka and Nick Kyrgios. Yeah. Um, maybe in this instance, yes, there's black hat white hat. But in the grand scheme of tennis, it's far grayer across the yeah.
0: board. How do you think? How do you think this all reflects on Stan? We haven't talked about Stan much.
1: I think it makes Stan look good. But that's, you know, it's very similar to what happened at the French Open with the
0: uh, website. Uh,
1: errant blog post that, yeah. that really should never have been approved. No. But and it's, you know,
0: it's the same in... thing with, and it happened with Mirka at the World Tour Finals. I mean, like, right. there's no getting around the fact that Stan, weirdly, has been the epicenter of drama in tennis for the past 10 months.
1: Yeah. And,
0: and, 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 and Donovan Vekic, along with that, I mean, like, there, it's it's a weird, it's been a weirdly lightning rod situation for Stan, who is just, you know, generally how he goes about himself in his tennis ways, one of the most unassuming people there is.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I I think that probably my assessment, and this is the same that I would have said this a year ago, and a year ago before that, and I'll say it now, is that Stan's perception outside of the tennis community meaning fans is uh, is different than his 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 perception reputation internally not like vastly different but there are differences and i think that i mean yeah it is you're right ben it is really weird like for a guy who kind of like keeps his head pretty low he's been the center of of kind of the three of the biggest dust-ups of the year yeah which is peculiar of the last 12 months which is pretty peculiar you wouldn't expect that. No, you wouldn't expect that at
0: all. Um, and he, I mean, he, yeah, obviously has every right to be aghast at this remark. Oh,
1: Kuros. he has every, right, has to every be pissed. right to
0: be pissed. And what he said, I think, on Twitter, and what Magnus Norman said, also just both saying that Kyros's behavior was totally uncalled for, and the tennis authority should do something about it. I totally am with. But at, oh, yeah, at a certain sure. point, Stan, I, I think Stan probably realizes that. All this, like he's the lightning rod that all this stuff keeps coming to him, for some reason.
1: Yeah, and and getting back to Curios though, and kind of what repercussions and what needs to be done. I think that, again, going back to this whole locker room situation, I mean, you saw a lot on Twitter, and you see a lot of the fam- a lot of other players kind of tweeting about it, and not just tweeting. And sometimes a lot of them won't tweet, but they might retweet some, you know, something else, which gives you some insight into like what they think. And I think that again, I think that things. I think that the only way that Nick Kyrios changes and he gets, and he starts to lock down his behavior and no one's asking for him to be a cookie cutter of like, no one's asking him to be Milos Raonic. No, no one's asking him to be like super locked in and professional and, you know, kind of a milk toast in a way. Like we, we want the energy. We want the flash. We want the flair. We want all that stuff. It means an occasional F bomb here or there. So be it. But like, I think that the only thing, especially for a guy like him who's incredibly social, who has lots of friends on tour, who, like, if you talk to a lot of the younger players and even not-so-young players who talk about him, they're like, he's a nice guy. Yeah. He's just, like, a little out of control. Like Madison Keys. We saw that to Wimbledon. With- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Madison's, like, His you know, she kind of partner. walked a very fine line of, like, when we, when you're asked about him, she's like, he's a nice kid. Like, you know, like he's – I hope he doesn't cuss around me, but he's a nice kid, you know? Um, But – I think that what's important then is in order to make Nick Kyrgios feel the impact of his actions and the repercussions of his actions, it's for his community to, like, act. And that means that, like, when he walks into that ATP locker room, that it feels a little bit different, that he isn't welcome back with open arms, that it is communicated to him. The message that's communicated to him is that this was not okay. You crossed a line, bro. Yeah. Like you like you're in the doghouse right now and you got to shape up and show that like you are you on the team or are you not on the team and it's up for you to decide and not just with the ATP but also like WTA and like, he's friends with a lot of WTA players like for the for the women to be like dude that's not cool yeah, I mean
0: to rally around Vekic I mean that's yeah. if nothing else because that's the that's the, some of the harshest or the most sort of uh what's the word for it the most appalled people by this are people who took Vekic's perspective of it immediately you know if, if you want to call it you know, throwing her under the bus or, you know, exploiting her sexual history or slut shaming whatever verb you want to, whatever term you want to use for it. I mean, yeah, like the, the WTA I doubt they'll have a statement on this or anything. It's not really their domain, the same way like Stakovsky was commenting directly on WTA as a whole or anything like that. But yeah, women's tennis should not appreciate it either. And I think it'll be interesting to see what Leighton Hewitt does with this. Because Leighton Hewitt is now in a somewhat formal role as Kyrgios' advisor or coach, as curious doesn't have a formal coach right now. And Hewitt, I still remember, had his own early-in-career controversy with his remark about a Lion Judge of the US Open during a match with James Blake. And just sort of coming... That's very, totally different situation. But at least it would have shown him how to, you know, recover from that or how to sort of make sure it doesn't happen again, I guess.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So... So oh, just your take, I don't know if you said before, what, what do you think should happen to Nick Curios in terms of punishment?
1: I mean, fines, suspensions, I mean, anything, Yeah. anything, but it has to be significant. But for me, especially for the ATP, because at the end of the day, how you enact these sort of fines and what you choose to act on it really shows your values as an organization. So with the ATP, if they let it slide, then that's a signal to everyone that, okay, this is what this is the new playing field. We're okay with this, you know, from the ATP perspective. Yeah. So it's really up to them to really figure out, like, what message they want to communicate to people, which will be communicated not via a statement, but via dollar signs and suspensions, yeah.
0: you know? And let it be said, the ATP has been incredibly soft in the past. They yes. don't suspend people. Almost ever, I can't remember a suspension for, right. for real conduct. Not there wasn't like match fixing or steroids. Yeah. Um, and they haven't the fines they've done have been you know sizable. That's mostly grand slams. I'm thinking most of their fines aren't disclosed. But I mean like someone like a Fanini. Fanini has said all sorts of horrible things on court. That's very and true. And has never gotten suspended before. That's um, very true. Obviously he has the the umbrella of saying most of them not in English, but you know. Yeah, it's still it, – ATP is not an organization that's been hard on this. And I know that the, right now they are reviewing it. They're still covering all the bases, looking into past research. I know I mentioned the on Twitter the Sean Avery thing that happened in hockey a few years yeah. ago, which totally was a turning point for him because he had been like a – he was obviously kind of awful always. but Yeah,
1: like, he's always – I'm like, where he, are you going he with was, this? He was, he, was sort of, he
0: was sort of like a generally accepted clown or like – an he was an agitator for sure. He always mm-hmm, tried to piss yeah. people off. Um, not totally dissimilar to Kyrios, but worse. And then when this thing happened, when he made a remark about um, sloppy seconds at some point, referring to his past girlfriends and other NHL players, it crossed the line. Yeah. That he was suspended and essentially relatively from that point on had trouble finding work in the league again. I mean, Tenos is set up differently and that people don't need to hire Nick Kyrgios. So long as yeah. Nick Kyrgios has a ranking, he'll be able to get into whatever tournaments he wants. It's an open system that way. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think repercussions would be that way, but this could this is definitely definitely a turning point for Nick.
1: The other thing too that I I, I would point out as well is that this is kind of the first big incident for Nick Cario since he signed with IMG.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So it'll be interesting because IMG is a very cor- I mean for, as an agency, um, they're very corporate. They lock their I mean their players are pretty locked down. You know, like they don't really have they don't they don't represent kind of the ones that go that tend to go rogue.
0: They got rid of atomic.
1: That is a very interesting thing as well, because when you have an agent, who knows how that conversation will go. But in my experience, the IMG agents are a little bit more inclined to put their foot down with their players than maybe some other agencies. And so whether or not his agency will tolerate this sort of behavior and not tolerate insofar as they'll scold him, but whether or not they'll sit him down and be like, do you understand how much money you're leaving on the table when you do this crap like this? Yeah. Like this, this has impact on your career long term, and you know, and whether they can get that message across to Nick Kyrgios, or whether they see it absolutely differently, which is very possible, where they say, you know what, this is great, keep doing this. You know, <laughs> I don't know.
0: I'd be surprised by that.
1: I would be very surprised by that, but it's it, it it's an interesting situation. I mean, there's a lot of different moving parts in terms of how uh, Kyrgios could be affected. But again, as I said, like ATP can do whatever they want. Um, but it, it's really about his fellow players. It's really about, you know, uh, maybe players that Nick Kiros actually respects, yeah. <laughs> pulling him aside and saying, you know what, like, we've put up with it for long enough, but this is this needs to stop. Yeah.
0: And it is an interesting moment for ATP, too, because it's, there's a big spotlight on them. It's their, I'm sure this will be like, you know, a fairly high up story on PTI today and stuff like that. I mean, it's going to be, yeah. this is a big moment for them and for Kermode and everybody to have a sort of discipline moment because you know i feel like with nfl like the constant talk is about roger goodell you know, being the sheriff or police or whatever and deflate gate and how many games he gave you know Deflate Evolved versus ray rice and all that stuff right and people are judged by that commissioners are judged by that and so it's a moment for chris kermode and whoever else wears the hat of being atp sheriff like i said when they haven't done almost anything disciplinary majorly in the past it's, that's it's, the thing it's the there's no precedent outside. here. Yeah, no
1: it's not like there's no precedent here which means that if they do something if they go big
0: it sets a precedent
1: it then sets a precedent for the likes of the faninis yeah. and you know like now if you if you come down on nick curios you can't not come down on fanini anymore
0: yeah
1: that's just that's fact yeah. you know so there's a little bit there's, there's a lot going on there and you have to remember as well again tennis is different as Ben said, these are independent contractors. You know, they the tour actually does not have control over them. And the tour needs tours need players. So it's a it's a difficult line to walk. Yeah.
0: Well, we thank you for walking it with us today, guys. Anything else do you want to say before we wrap up, Courtney?
1: No, that's it. I mean I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes forward.
0: Yeah, for sure, and I'm looking forward to seeing what Nick has to say because he was in Nick's press, he didn't say much at all. We saw his video, but it was pretty Nick interesting. Zone. Yeah, that's 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 on the ATP <laughs> for having this Nick's zone situation, which makes for pretty weak press. I mean, like, obviously, Stan was dialed in and ready to you know give something, but having Nick do it right after the match before he had really, I think, seen the scope of the uh blowback, yep. was uh, yeah, not going to be ideal. So we'll see what what Nick says, we'll see how the crowd is when he plays Sean Isner. In his fourth round match, uh, third round match, round 16, whatever, and uh, we'll see how it goes from here. Uh, and thank you guys for listening. And we'll be back to you next week in, for a normal Tuesday show, Mason, Ohio. It's gonna be wonderful.
1: Woot I love Mason.
0: Live show, right?
1: Yeah, for sure. Let's do it. Yeah,
0: we're gonna do. So we're gonna do this live show thing. We're gonna try to uh, simulcast our normal recording session. Won't be normal. It'll be a different recording session. We're gonna try to simulcast it on Periscope. For you guys, to
1: we're gonna give it a go to
0: watch us talk. Works. If you've seen all this time and like wonder what our faces look like as we're making these sounds, now is your chance to, to get. You can that see episode. all
1: my eye rolls.
0: Yeah, there's a lot. There's <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I mean, I think people have probably heard like a lot of episodes where we do we do in person. Me sort of pausing, and being like, "Well, I just because it's like of the death glares that I get constantly." <laughs> so prepare yourself for that and for other amusing faces too. And
1: yeah.
0: It should be fun times. We'll see. Stuff. I think we'll try to get a location that's masonry. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll see you guys later. Bye, guys. Bye bye. For the outro, we're going to do a little mashup of songs. And if you can name all the titles and artists on our Facebook page, I'll have a thread up for it. If you get all of them right, all of them will give you some sort of prize thing. First person to do that. Good luck. Happy listening. See you next time. Bang, bang, that awful sound. Turn it up a little bit more. Bang, bang, bang. My name is Timmy Trendy.